Hi, I'm Teresa, owner of T3 Fit, and you're listening to the T3 Fit podcast, where scoliosis warriors and professionals come together. Here we talk about our scoliosis journeys and the emotional components it takes on from being a parent to being diagnosed with scoliosis and sometimes leading to surgery. It's a place where professionals share their expertise of treatments, from physical therapy to surgery, and so much more. So let's get started. Hey everybody, welcome to the T3 Fit Scoliosis Podcast. On today's episode, we're doing it a little bit differently. You can see that I am sitting here with Emily, my friend and uh, who happens to have a spinal fusion. Um, Emily and I have known each other for probably three years. Three years. Three years, and uh, we've been working together as well. Um, she is here to tell us her story of having scoliosis and a spinal fusion, how it started, where she is, and how life is like now. So Emily, I'd like to welcome you to the show. Thank you. You're welcome. When did your scoliosis journey start? So back when I was in, actually, I think in high school, okay. um, they had detected that I had curvature of the mm-hmm. spine because mm-hmm. as everyone has in school, that's part of like the... The toe touch. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that was when they realized I had it, mm-hmm. but it wasn't severe at that point. Okay. Um, then I went through a growth spurt and I was playing field hockey in high school. So my mom, you know, I would tell her like, oh, my back hurts. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you know, you're doing sports, whatever. And it right. didn't kind of come together that I had gone through a growth spurt at the same time. Okay. And so my curves had basically like significantly increased at that point. Okay. Like to like 40s, 50s. Do you remember what they were at the beginning? I don't, I, I know it was very minimal. It was probably, if I had to guess, it was probably more like 10, 15 level of like, mm-hmm. it was noticeable, but not bad. Okay. And then by the time they had like x-rayed me mm-hmm. and everything past that growth spurt, it was mm-hmm. like 42 and 50 something. Did you have to wear a brace at all? No, never. I don't know if it was the approach of the surgeon that I had seen at the children's hospital. Okay. Because it had come on so rapidly okay. in terms of it becoming an extreme S curve, mm-hmm. um, that they that group at least went straight to recommending surgery for me. And okay, so how was that for you? Like going from having slight discomfort to having a degree of forty five fifties. Um, what was the emotional space that you felt that you were in at that time? So when it was a smaller curve, I don't remember any pain or any discomfort. Um, And then just not knowing that it was, you know, not that we were just like running however many miles a day for practice and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, It was kind of like a constant pain at that point. Okay. And honestly, I was pretty turned off from the emotional side of it Okay. uh, all that time. So I was kind of more so just feeling like, you know, a kid who wanted to just keep living life and just ignore this thing that feels like over here. Did you feel that that only lasted for so long and that that emotional block uh, slowly caught up with you or did it just not, did it just completely pass you by? In what, in what way? Um, so like, for instance, for me, when I was diagnosed and I had the surgery, the mental space, the emotional space that I was in was very dark mm-hmm. because there was not, there was really no explanations and understanding of it at mm-hmm. the time. 
Um, and did you have that as well? Yeah. And I would say in varying degrees, okay. because I think when I was younger, like it felt like this big thing in my life that mm -hmm. I had no control over. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was something that I just had to like cope with and deal with. Okay. And how did you do that? Um, honestly, by trying to ignore it, like okay. it wasn't the healthiest way okay. to do it. Um, but it just felt like an approach of, I just need to keep living my life. Okay. So blocking it out was the safest way for mm -hmm. you to live as productively as you could. Exactly. Got it. Got it. And did they have, was there any type of physical therapy that you were given at that time? So that's, that's the other thing is because so much of this, I feel like I was like ignoring the emotional component and mm -hmm. blocking it out. Mm -hmm. I know that they had me go to physical therapy. Well, actually let me back up. Um, before I had had the surgery, my mom had already had me and my brother, like seeing a chiropractor when we were younger. And it was even before we even knew I had scoliosis. Okay. So that was cool and convenient mm -hmm. and a thing. And I was very active. So I was seeing this chiropractor, like you all the way, like leading up to my surgery. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I know post-op they did have me do physical therapy. Okay. I actually, my physical therapist now, he's been trying to ask me details about what was the physical therapy experience like back then? Okay. What did they have you do? How long did you do it? And I'm drawing up blanks okay. because I was so just like, it was hard to be there. It was hard to be present. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't think I was present. And so my best estimation of what it was, was it felt like it was a couple months post-op, maybe like three okay. or four months. Okay. And the only thing I remember them having me do is like that hand bike thing where you're doing this. Really? Yeah. Like I know they had me do other things, but okay. that's the only distinct thing that I can remember. Okay. okay. And what was, so how old were you when you had surgery? I was 14. And what was it like? um what was the support you have your parents yeah yep so I had my mom um and my brother at the time and I had a friend group okay and so I don't know how much they understood like what it was that I was going to go through mm -hmm. um but I remember around the time of having the surgery like a bunch of my friends had visited me at the hospital like I had a network I had people okay. around me okay um and then even I had had the surgery like in the summer so that next school year like I couldn't play field hockey okay. was, you know it's like yeah. perfect sport to right. not do after a spinal fusion because for anyone who doesn't know field hockey you're pretty much bending <laughs> at the okay. hips bending over um so yeah I had a support network and between friends and family, but I, I didn't have any, well, I'm going to say in my personal life, I didn't have anybody who was going through the same experience, okay. but now that we're talking about it, I am remembering too, that I don't know what her role was. It was not a social worker, but somebody more on the human services side of okay. things. She worked for the children's hospital okay. and she was maybe like a care coordinator or like something that was like end to end, like your experience of like mm -hmm. pre and post-op. Mm -hmm. So she like worked with us throughout okay. the whole time and there was some sort of and again because I just felt so like emotionally disconnected yeah. there was a support group of okay. other kids who were going through the surgery like okay. right around the same time what, so they would get us together and whatnot what yeah. year was that that would have been 2007 okay okay yeah and then so you were 14 mm -hmm. had the surgery around 2007 mm -hmm. and then what was life like after surgery 
Well, I would say the first very distinct thing, like coming home from the hospital. So they had me in the hospital for a week. Okay. They had me up and walking the first day after surgery. Okay. And obviously, you know, I had morphine the whole nine yards in terms of pain meds and things like that. There was no casting or bracing or anything after. It was just the internal fusion and Mm -hmm. like the the titanium rods Mm -hmm. and everything. Um, And I remember in the car like on the way home from the hospital just the feeling of like any tiny bump in the Mm -hmm. car being able to feel that and like Mm -hmm. that was like giving me like pain breakthroughs and whatnot whatever pain that I have so I remember just like the immediate time like coming home from the hospital that I was just in constant pain like post-op pain um but one of the strange things was I had this small mirror hung in my room that was eye level and then because they literally straightened me out Mm -hmm. like the surgeon had said he had reset my spine back to zero, like immediately post-op. But then, you know, things shifted and settled and whatnot. So I don't remember, I think I gained an inch or two in height. Okay. So I'm like looking at this mirror Mm -hmm. that I've had hung for a while and like suddenly I can't see myself in it because it's too low. And I remember like coming home and trying to eat something and trying to put a glass down on the table and I'm like slamming it because I'm it's as if I grew overnight like I can't my spatial relation was just weird so I feel like in terms of being a teenager where you already feel like you're like what is going on with my body and like feeling I don't know like you're still trying to get to know yourself I thought that just felt cranked up because I felt like I had like a new body yet again how long did it take you to get adjusted to that new body I don't like that's an interesting question because in some ways I feel like I had the attitude of just like keep moving on with life and Mm -hmm. just do it because Mm -hmm. there's no other options right so I feel like a lot of me was just like ignore the emotional component and just get with the program I mean like I think from the physical aspect like I within like the few weeks months whatever Mm -hmm. like I was moving around fine okay um but I feel like it kind of just put me in that place more of feeling like out of touch with my physical body okay do you feel like the emotional space eventually or ever caught up with you yes um I would say even just the past few years like since we've started to work together Mm -hmm. and I've told you this story before um that I had had a just like a new primary care doctor Mm -hmm. and she was asking me about my scoliosis and she had made a comment to me of like if you were my daughter, I would tell you to work with either a ballet instructor or a bar instructor Mm -hmm. or somebody who's like very focused on posture. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was kind of like her recommendation of you should be doing more. You can't just be active and be outside and playing sports and whatever to kind of like deal with this. Like you need to have somebody who is more particularly helping you with your posture. Because she was making the point to me of like the older that you get, like if you're not addressing this, yeah. you know, the more problems you're going to have. And that was how I found you, okay. as you know. Um, also through a mutual friend, we, yes. we, we will add that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I lost the thread of what your original question was there. Um, the emotional space of, you know, did, well, did oh, it catch yes. up to you? Yes, yes. So not only until we had started working together mm-hmm. and you weren't like, hey, I'll help you with your physical body, right. period, the end. You're right. like, welcome to the scoliosis community and network of all of us Mm -hmm. who you know have gone through a journey and have had a story and when we had first started working together um I had also started listening to your podcast so for me like beginning our work together it Mm -hmm. felt like 
physical and emotional excavation okay. Okay. of like figuring what is like this new chapter of okay. facing all of this head on now look like. And how does that feel for you now? It still feels like a work in progress, but I would say like, and again, this is 15 years later, mm -hmm. right? Which is crazy to say. Um, it still feels like I'm in like a phase of facing this and mm -hmm. being in touch with my emotions around it mm -hmm. and finding real solutions, for, like long-term sustainable yeah. solutions for myself. Yeah. But to go for so many years of just feeling like I'm just trying to like chug along and mm -hmm. ignore it and mm -hmm. accomplish other things outside of this but mm -hmm. now I'm looking at it where I'm like I have to like work with myself not ignore myself okay. or whatnot mm -hmm. um, it's still just been a work in progress so does it feel like you're embracing yourself more no pun intended <laughs> than you were like with you know with your limitations with with the the spinal fusion that you have that you're just like you're taking it all in and saying this is who I am and sometimes it's fine. Sometimes it's not. But either way, it's okay. Yeah. No, I think that's a really good way to look at it because I definitely felt like a rejection of myself mm -hmm. of, you know, with having something like scoliosis. Mm -hmm. I mean, to the degree that I have it, I know other people, this is different, but anybody on the street looking at me, yeah. they're not going to be like, you have, you know, something yeah. that they consider like atypical or right. in the realm of like a disability or anything like that. Yeah. Right. So, because I think like I appear as if <laughs> I have the best posture, <laughs> right? The best posture ever. <laughs> I think the fact of like that I appear as if I'm just within the, the realm of normal, like mm -hmm. physically, whatever. Right. Um, that made me feel like you know, that, that ties into the component of like, if I ignore it, I can just keep chugging yeah. along sort of thing. But I think when you stop ignoring it, you become that much more empowered, right? You're like, yeah, this is me, you know, screwed up and all in maybe more ways than one, but like, this is me and I'm a rock star and you've gotten, you, you got through it, right? You were diagnosed you had the surgery, you got through it. And now you're like, you're moving forward. You're always moving forward, but you're accepting of the limitations that you physically have. Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that they're mental limitations, mm -hmm. but the physical limitations are obviously there. Mm -hmm. um, if you could tell your younger self something, what would that be? <laughs> I mean, I think in the way that I am in general, where I generally feel impatient and I want things to happen immediately. Mm -hmm. If I was going to go back and tell my younger self mm -hmm. something, it would be face this head on sooner. So I didn't have to deal with kind of the other outcomes of not facing it, <clears throat> excuse me, sooner. Um, Cause I think that was the hardest part of the journey for me it was just coming to the space of being able to be honest with myself okay. and be vulnerable with myself and the other people around me, like in my inner circle. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know at the same time, like we can't go back and change the past anyway, so. We can't, but, but you've, uh, being vulnerable to that acceptance is huge. Mm -hmm. So if you were to tell that younger self those words, you know, those words will pass on to somebody else who is younger, mm -hmm. who is dealing with everything that you're dealing with. Um, and that's why we have the podcast so that these stories can be shared for people to 
embrace their limitations. Um, is there anything else that you would like to share? Well, how how is life now? Like, how is life? <laughs> I mean, we could go on and on and on because we've known each other for so long. But how is life just day to day? Like, what is life like now? Yeah, and that's that's a whole question on its own. And we we've, we've talked about this, but I'm currently in a space where, um, okay, I'll say. I had an external factor kind of tip the scales for me. Mm -hmm. I told you where, so to, to tell it is how it happened in real time. Um, I had felt like my back pain was getting worse. Mm -hmm. I had kind of fallen off with um, working out regularly and doing the things that we've talked about. Um, and so I didn't know if that was part of the factor or if it was just, am I getting older? Like what is going on here? And I couldn't mm -hmm. pin it down, which is what had led me to going to physical therapy like now in the immediate sense mm -hmm. to have like another outlet, another avenue to look for answers. Mm -hmm. Long story short on that, it turned out that the new bed that we had gotten um, was exacerbating my pain. It was too soft and mm -hmm. not giving me enough support, mm -hmm. but that external factor was what catapulted me into another, you know, seeing another professional, right. getting more answers, finding a more sustainable solution for myself. So with that, those past these past few months have been really intense because I was dealing with really high levels of pain um, and trying to figure it out. But I would say, like now in the day to day, I'm more so back to my normal operating level okay. before this immediate thing had happened. Mm -hmm. um, but now I'm plugged in with this physical therapist and. I told you the other day, like I can tell I'm actually making progress with him. Right. He's helping me like break up like muscle tension and things mm -hmm. in my back and strengthen mm -hmm. like certain specific targeted areas. Okay. Um, so I think in terms of present day, I'm in probably like the best trajectory I've ever been because I'm not only facing it emotionally, mm -hmm. um, but I'm also reaching out for more tools, more solutions okay. and feeling more empowered mm -hmm. instead of just, this is something that's happening to me and I have to just deal with the symptoms and right. whatnot as they come, but doing things that are more proactive and in the long-term sustainable okay. to take care of my body. Okay. As I and, and you're not also like, you're not pushing it to the side. You're not putting it, you know, like you were saying before, you would just go forward and you pushed it and you blocked it. And now you're opening up and you're like, okay, I can take it all in now. Now I'm in a space where I can take it all in and feel like feeling and seeing the results that are happening. Right. Exactly. And part of it too, just like to jump off of what you're saying, like making it central to how I exist. Like mm -hmm. it's just part of my routine and yeah. it really helps now too having a supportive partner yeah. who understands you know, and is supportive and able to encourage me in the ways that I, need, yeah. I know I need. Yeah, because that's not always the case. Mm -hmm. um, is there any, we've covered a lot, uh, but is there anything else that you would like to share that we haven't touched on already? I think that about covers it. I think just for me, like the emotional tie-in to facing the physical stuff. Okay. Um, just want to emphasize that for me, that that was, that is huge. And, you know, it's, possibly something that lies outside of my scoliosis journey mm -hmm. but of just you know being able to be honest with yourself being able to be in touch with yourself like is such a portal into being able to get out of your own way yeah. I couldn't agree with you more um on that note uh I would like to say to Emily a friend also um thanks for being a guest on the t3 fit scoliosis podcast 
This is our first time doing it this way in person, so it's new for me as well. Um, if anybody has any questions for Emily, I will share her information. You can find her on Instagram. But Emily, thanks for letting me come to your home <laughs> and, and record this interview and just telling your story on the podcast. Yeah, thank you for hearing. It's appreciated. If you like this episode, chances are there's someone else out there who needs to hear it too. So it would be a huge favor to me if you'd go ahead and give us a five-star review. It helps me get the message out to more people. And if you need help moving in pain, then download my five free tips and I'll catch you on the next episode.